Hello and welcome to Plot Trists. This is Lane. This is Meg. And today we're reviewing The Hellion of Drury Lane by Catherine Grant. This was published in 2023 and is the third book in the Scandals and Scoundrels of Drury Lane series. And I believe it's 3.25 in the Preston's series. Full disclosure, we did receive a complimentary copy of this for our review. Yeah. So let me tell you. So the Scandals and Scoundrels of Drury Lane series is um, a long series. I think there are like six or eight books. They're all novellas by different authors. Um, so they're all standalones, but they're all kind of work together. So if you're interested in reading about like different things that happen in Drury Lane, then you can read the series. Um, this does take place in the Preston's universe. We have read all of the Preston's books up until now. And this is one, so there she's releasing three novellas in this Preston's universe that are about like side characters that we've seen mentioned before. If there's anyone who's listening who's like, wow, which one is the Preston series? It's the one about the aristocrat who's decided to forego any ill-gotten goods or gains. So mm -hmm. they don't drink or eat imported goods. They don't wear imported fabrics. They make everything on this estate, which is essentially an egalitarian commune. Exactly. Yep. Uh, there's really only one series like that. So this is that one. That's the series. That's the one. Um, all right. Should we read the book jacket about the Hellion of Drury Lane? Let's read the book jacket. <laughs> Behind the scenes, drama cuts both ways. For Samantha Billings, nothing can go right. Ever since she inherited her father's business as head carpenter for Drury Lane Theater, she has been fighting off problems from creditors to unending rain. When an inspector of the Carpentry Guild announces he will stop her work unless she hires a master carpenter, Samantha fears she may lose everything, but she resolves to overcome one way or another. For Oliver Chow, nothing can go wrong. In London for the first time ever, he is celebrating his new status as a master carpenter and looking for the adventure of a lifetime. When he happens upon a woman carpentress in distress, he is happy to help, even if it is in name alone. Thrown together to thwart the guild's inspector, Samantha and Oliver discover that sometimes a little drama behind the scenes can have a surprisingly happy outcome. It's a good jacket. It's fun. I actually really liked the way carpentry was used in this book. And I don't mean that, like, I don't know anything about carpentry. But the fact that, like, he's used to making really practical items living on the Preston's estate. And she makes temporary things that mm -hmm. are meant not to last, but that sort of create a world of whimsy. And, like, so his carpentry things are, like, how do I build a house that'll last 100 years? And hers are, like, how do I build a trap door that someone can fall through? Yeah. I, one of the things I also really liked about this um, is that I think Catherine Green is doing a really good job of weaving together her books. Mm -hmm. Because um, this, the first book in the series, The Viscount Without Virtue, was partially set in the carpentry, like, I don't even know what you call it. The carpentry studio? House. Workshop? Workshop. workshop. 
of um, of this estate that we were talking about. And Oliver appeared there. But mm-hmm. at the time, I wasn't like, oh, what's going to happen with Oliver, right? Right. But anyway, I think she did a really good job with that, too. So I think it's very smart. I'm sure she did a ton of research on Carpentry, like, when she wrote that book. And she's like, guess what? I have a new character. <laughs> So, as usual, uh, we generated a random number between 1 and 25, because this is a novella, and wrote our own summaries using that number as a word count. And this episode, that number is 7. Meg, what's your 7-word summary? My 7-word summary is, need a carpenter slash husband? Oliver will do. And I took it from a slightly different angle. Literally anyone is better than the inspector. Yes, I like how we came at it from different angles. Like, I mine is the the Oliver perspective, and yours is the Samantha perspective. <laughs> Trump slain. So, I struggled to come up with like the central trope. I think it's sort of kismet. Like, he happens to be in the right place at the right time, where she's being told she'll have to shut down shop if a master carpenter isn't present. Yeah, and he's like. I'm a master carpenter and I will ask nothing of you. Yeah. It's it's almost a marriage of convenience, but no marriage. Right? Yes. Right? Um, and there's not even really, really like. an exchange of anything other than, like, he's going to be allowed to hang around, except he has to hang around. Yeah, but he's, and again, this this is, like, kind of what he was looking for anyway, right? He was like, I'm going to walk around and see what some carpenters do in London. Hey, guess what? I can hang around here and they can't kick me out and I'll see what carpenters do in London. <laughs> yep. But so it's all very like faded. It is almost faded mates, faded matesy, but not like with the mates part. <laughs> right. So I think that's sort of the overarching trope, but yeah. it is a workplace romance in that most of the first half of the book is them getting to know each other in the carpentry setting. Yeah. And it's like very cute like carpentry competition Mm -hmm. right like and they bet whoever loses buys the other dinner yeah I loved it like this like the bargain thing I don't know it's so cute I really liked it yeah um she inherited her father's company because there were no sons yes in a lot of books that include this uh, the workers don't have confidence in, like, the new owner because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here. Like, all of the workers are like, yes, yeah, Samantha knows, she knows her shit. Like, she knows exactly what she's supposed to do and how to do it. But instead, it's this inspector who has decided to make life tough for her. It's interesting because the the conflict on the very first page is that she has not gone to the Guild of London and paid for and received a master carpentry license. And it's never mentioned whether or not her being a woman would be an impediment to that. It's Mm -hmm. only mentioned that she just doesn't have the money for it. Yeah, it's more that she just doesn't, she doesn't have the ready cash to go and pay for it. Right. So uh, it's interesting to me, given that it's presented that a potential solution would be marrying someone with a carpenter guild, like certification if as a woman she would have been able to do it on her own like that's never presented as one of the obstacles but like I as a reader I was wondering yeah how like how that would play in right right and there's a health a hurt comfort element so he gets wounded about halfway through the book and she has to 
treat said wound and it leads to them being closer than propriety would otherwise allow. TV. It still doesn't really allow it, but you know, that's the <laughs> yeah, times. Know. <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really liked Grant's historical research. I, I think, and I mentioned this earlier, but I think she had already done a lot of it for one of her other books. And I like, I just kind of loved knowing that she was like, you know what, I'm going to use this. Like all this extra research I did for this book, you guys get to reap the benefits. I did too. I also really like that this is a Sunshine Grump book where she's the grump. I don't know oh, why I'm so much more charmed by Sunshine Grump when she's the grump, but I am. It's because when when it's Sunshine Grump and she's the sunshine, it falls squarely into Manic Pixie Dream Girl territory. Mm. And in my opinion, I mean, maybe I'm speaking for you. Oliver like, is but... really a Manic Pixie Dream Boy, though. He's there exactly when she needs him. He provides yes. everything but asks nothing. Yes, but... I love it when it's the man who, who, mm -hmm. who, because the whole point of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is that it's the man who gets the character development, mm -hmm. right? And she's just this, she's the fairy who sprinkles a little fairy dust. And that's what happens here. Samantha is the one who gets that character development. I mean, yes, Oliver gets a little bit of character development, but really it's Samantha who gets it. I was going to say, for all that he is a Manic Pixie Dream Boy, I think Catherine Grant does a good job with giving him a decently rich interior life. Absolutely. I, I really liked Oliver, actually. Um, Oliver is a really interesting character. He is a son of Chinese immigrants. And he grew up in this, like, almost commune-like environment, mm -hmm. right? So coming to London in many ways is a shock to him. And it's like, he knew it would be a shock, mm -hmm. right? Like, he's heard about racism, and he's heard about things that that don't happen on the Preston estate, but this is his first time, like, in the real world really experiencing that. Whereas Samantha had a far less uh, idyllic life. I mean, granted, it wasn't hard being raised with her four sisters and her parents and her being raised sort of to be the carpenter to take over after her dad. But her dad died 11 months ago, left a ton of debts tied to the business behind, and she's been really struggling. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I, I did really like how this pairing brought her, like, again, I mean, this is ridiculous, but like he gets a little bit of like real world experience and she gets a little bit of like, I don't have to focus on work all the time. Like, I can let my hair down a little bit sometimes. I don't know. It it worked for me. Well, and it gets her thinking just a little bit bigger than how do I keep food on the table? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so anyway, I did like, I liked their whole workplace romance. I liked the bet. Um, I liked that they got to go to Vauxhall, mm -hmm. like trope Vauxhall. They get to go. Takes her out to, you know, restaurant stuff like that i don't know i liked it i thought it was really cute I me too would, it's i would have loved very like, short it is very look it's a short novella okay guys i would have loved especially for a short novella i would have loved to see them spend a little more time together on the page because they are separated for a little bit and usually that isn't a big deal because separation means increasing their own exterior lives and I usually really really like that but like this is so short I don't think it's a flaw yeah. but it's just 
for both of them to get one scene without the other in it is like a third of the book. Yep. Yep. So just be aware, you know, be aware Mm -hmm. of that. That said, I mean, I personally love romance novellas. I really like reading them because it's just like bite sized, just like hit of serotonin almost. Mm -hmm. And this lived up to that for me. I really liked it. I thought this was so fun. And exactly. If you've got like a half hour where you're waiting in the car for something, this is a fantastic read. Mm-hmm. Content warnings. So as we've sort of been alluding to, this inspector guy is a real piece of work. He mm-hmm. a- attempted to force himself on Samantha at some point in the past, like give her an unwanted kiss with her father present. And is now basically trying to force her to marry him in order to retain legitimacy for her business. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I think in general, with any of Catherine Grant's books, there's more of an emphasis on like sexism, racism, socioeconomic status issues than in a lot of other historical romances. Yeah, this novella dives less into it than most of her books mm-hmm. because it's crazy short. So other than like, she's got a lot of debts to pay. It doesn't really get into the socioeconomic stuff, but like it's always just under the surface in a way I actually really appreciate. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. I'm I'm just mentioning it, mm-hmm. you know, because it is present. Like Oliver, it, again, he's, he's Chinese or Chinese British. And that's not, it's not glossed over as, oh, like their relationship is not going to be questioned by the wider world, you know? Right. Uh, but again, like Lane said, this is short and sweet. Like, that's not the point of the book. And that's something I actually really like about Catherine Grant, right? Like, it could be, like, this super angsty, like, the conflict of the book is, like, her mother is racist or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, it's just, like, a fact of life that appears in the book. So, uh, this is a novella, and we keep saying how short it is. Was there any sexiness, Meg? There was, Lane. Um, I have to say, I, I mean, should I say when it appears? It appears very late in the book. I'll just say that. This is and, unprecedented for a novella, but I think we're going to do a spoiler tag. Okay, let's do a spoiler tag. Because there was one trope I told Meg she couldn't mention because it was a spoiler, and it sort of leads right into the sexiness. Okay. So, Meg. Spoiler tag. Spoiler, spoiler tag. What? We're done. We're done. Thank you, tag, trope and sex scene. Tell us all about it. So they separate for like, what, like a week? And Oliver comes back in town just to be like, you know what? I do kind of want to pursue this relationship with Samantha. Like, I want to go tell her that, you know. But also I like London and think I want to live yeah. there regardless of what Samantha says. Yeah, regardless. But like, I'm going to, I'm coming back to London and I want to see Samantha. This is going to mm-hmm. be great. He walks in right when she's getting, she has told everyone, she's told the inspector that she and Oliver are married. And the inspector doesn't believe her because he can tell she's lying. He's not like great at lying, but everyone backs her up. They're like, no, no, yeah, they're totally married. (laughs) And Oliver comes back in and she's like, see, my husband is right here. And he's like, oh yeah, we're married. (laughs) After she, like, makes out with him. It was great. I loved it. I loved it, Lane. So there's about 30 seconds of a fake relationship. (laughs) Because the next chapter is the wedding night. 
Yes. So there you go. That's the sexiness that appears in this book. I actually loved it. I thought it was like perfect for these two characters and perfect for the plot of this book. It look, it is not a three chapter sexathon because then it would be the whole book. It's but it is the right amount of explicit for this novella. It's the right amount of explicitness for these characters, for this novella, and for the length of the book. Absolutely. Here you go. I don't know. I give this the whole thing five stars. I give it five stars, Lane. This was a pretty perfect novella. Mm-hmm. It was great. And it's exactly yeah. what I want from a romance novella. What you want might be different, but it's exactly what I want. Yes. Same. Same here. Thank you so much for listening. Now it's really goodbye. <laughs>